0: hey gang how's it going welcome happy sunday let me get going here get my buttons pushed we're going live on tiktok tonight as well so let me get adjusted i sat down i have to share something with you in a few minutes that i thought was absolutely hysterical because i'm going to plug another tiktok some other tiktok people here anyway welcome to our sunday read wow holiday's over all right let me plug on in here okay everybody welcome to our sunday reading day this is our usual for everybody on tiktok who's just coming in and aren't used to this let me adjust my glasses good lord so i can read this is our day that we that i read a from a paranormal theme book every sunday so that you can kind of look at this my hair is doing strange things today um so that you can uh, kind of start your week off right kind of grab a coffee a hot cocoa some slippers or whatever and you can just enjoy me reading to you. Word of warning, though, the book I'm reading today is uh, Old English, so I have issues with it. My friends think it's funny when I'm reading it, so just want to let you know that. I have a goal set today, so for you guys that are coming on, please hit that like button. You know, please please tap the screen if you you enjoy this, because like I said, I'm primarily, I'm going to be reading a book, but I have a goal. My birthday is February 2nd, so I've set a goal. I've set a live goal of 20 groundhogs. If you guys can give me 20 groundhogs for my birthday, that would be great. All right, let's see if we can reach the goal today in the hour that I'm going to be on. Also, uh, like, uh, please hit that like button, or I I'd rather tap the screen if 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 you like what you see. I'm actually going out live. Jesus, there's am mark on my shirt. My my dog got me. See that? My dog got me before I came on, so I have a white mark here. Just 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 when I was coming in here, she got me. Anyway, uh, I'm going to go ahead and direct over here a little bit because we're also going out live on Facebook, Twitter, uh, Facebook, TikTok, well, t- Facebook, TikTok, YouTube, and Twitch. That's right, Twitch. It's the T-W that gets me. And so we're going to be reading. I'm going to be reading the book today. Uh, anyway, uh, my name is Charlotte. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. And as I said earlier, this is our Sunday reading day. For those of you that aren't familiar with it, and for the Sunday reading day, we. Um, Wes well, say we because it's a big group that puts this together. For my Sunday reading day, I usually read from a paranormal-themed book. We just finished a Christmas-themed book. So now we're going back to a book that we started uh, the last part of October into the first part of November before I switched over. So we're on the day five on this book. And I'm going to give everybody a word of warning because it's uh, the, 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 uh, the author has done very, very good research on this book, but a lot of it's in Old English because it's it's out of journals and and diaries and stuff so i do have trouble sometimes reading some of this stuff so people get a good laugh out of it i'm also the owner of the california haunts paranormal investigation team based out of sacramento california we're 45 strong up and down the state which means if you have a paranormal need we can get to you uh you know might take us a little while because it's a big state but we can get to you if you're watching from facebook and you like what you see please hit the like button or a big smiley little smiley face and uh If you haven't done so already, please follow. I have two pages to follow. I have my own personal page on Facebook to follow, and I also have California Haunts Ghostly Events to follow. If you're watching from YouTube, let me see if I can direct this. First try. Whoop, there it is. Down in that bottom right-hand corner as you're watching, there's a little ghost with a magnifying glass. Uh, Please hit that, and that will subscribe you to our videos if you haven't done so. And again, same rule. You know, subscribe. I have over 480 videos over there, different topics. I don't like to do paranormal all the time. I'm a journalist it's what i do and i like to vary everything so i think there's something down there that every that that, that you will like everybody likes if you like what you hear also be sh- oh yeah remember to like everything just like on youtube same routine twitch you too twitch give, give me some likes show me some love again if you're watching from tiktok please tap that screen show me some love on the screen and i do have a goal my birthday is february 2nd what's february 2nd groundhog day so I've decided to have a goal of 20 groundhogs. So if you guys can help me out with my goal for my birthday, that would be great. 20 groundhogs. I would just love it if you would. Okay. Anyway, without further ado, I want to tell a quick story. I'm going to plug somebody. I usually don't plug people on, on live, but I follow Eat Sleep Positivity on TikTok because they, they go to Disneyland, they go to various parks, and they were at... Uh, uh, sea World today in San Diego, and the last thing they did was was the whales. And I've been through this as a reporter. You know, I'm always trying to get the best photos and footage possible. So you're going to get as close as you can to get these photos. And they were sitting down above the, what they call the splash zone, where when the whales come in in the water, you know, and they splash with their tails. You know, the water goes everywhere. Well, <laughs> right at the very end, <laughs> as they were sitting there. They're watching the show, everything's going swimmingly, and I'll use the word swimmingly. And then all of a sudden you hear you hear Jose, who is the main host, make some comment like, whoa! And then everything goes dark. and it goes on pause because a way because a splash, because a whale got them, <laughs> literally got them with water. And his girlfriend, who helps him, Bailey, um, she was sitting kind of in front of him. And when the camera comes back on, She's turned around, facing them, and they both wear glasses. So the water is not only dripping off her hair; it's dripping off her glasses. I mean, it was just hysterical. And I'm hoping they pull the footage because uh, it would be great to have it up on their TikTok and over through YouTube. Because this is—I mean, it was funny, and it, it was going to happen. It was inevitable. I've been there, done that with my friends. i thought—I thought of myself because I've—I've I've gotten splashed more than once and gotten—you know—gotten spilled with mud. I mean, you name it. As a reporter, right? Anyway, getting back to what we're doing today. We're going to start this book up again. Uh, we, re- we only read it like two or three weeks and uh, real excited about it, real excited about it uh, to get back in. It's all about the Salem Witch Trials. And I don't remember where we were in the book, so we're just going to start and just have to pick it up from where, you know, where, where we left off technically. But again, I do have a goal out there for 20 Groundhogs. Uh, February 2nd is my birthday. So I want to try and collect as many groundhogs as I can before my birthday and see see what we can do in an hour, you guys. And again, if, if you like what you see, tap that screen because uh, the more likes, the better, right? Or if you like what you see and you, you want to come back or bring family into it to share this, that would be great, too, because, you know, we're trying to get the word out about the show. And, you know, we don't only read a book. I mean, every, you know, Monday through Friday, outside of reading the book, we have guests come on every day talking about paranormal stuff. We're here to help people help people learn about the paranormal. Whether it's UFOs, shadow people, ghosts, whatever, that's what we're here for. And I also pop on on TikTok at least once or twice a day so that I can talk about ghosts to you guys. So, you know, it's uh we're trying to build this thing up. So help me out a little bit. Tap that screen, you know, keep tapping that screen and help me out with the with with the groundhog, okay? So let me get the book open. I have an old tablet so you're going to so just relax a couple minutes here. And, uh, it'll be fun because you can watch me fumble with the words I have that on. It's another goal as I make, as, as I make money doing, you know, donations and stuff, I'm going to buy a new tablet. I, I really want an iPad, but I don't know. I want to get at least an eight inch, eight inch iPad, but I'll probably end up with another Samsung Galaxy. So let me get this up and I'll find the book and away we go. But, uh, <laughs> we do this every Sunday. Paranormal theme book. And I can see the chat room on StreamYard here for Facebook and YouTube. So if you guys want to chit-chat in between, I can see that. I just can't see what's going on over at TikTok. So if I do get any kind of flowers or anything from you guys, if you know, if you desire to do so, all right, or even, even the groundhog, I can't really acknowledge. But believe me, I thank you for everything if you do do it, okay? All right, let me get this going here. And we can get on with this book. Get on with it. Yeah, I'm going to get on with it. But once you know it, I got a big white a big light spot on my on my black t-shirt with a dog got me. Story of my life. She's a three-year-old Australian Kelpie. Very spirited. Very spirited. All right, here we go. Let's wait. Do, 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 do. Sometimes it takes it a while. It has issues. Okay. So let me get out of this book. If so I can remember how to get in my library now. Okay, we want to go back to the library. I don't want to recommend anything. Let's go to the end. Let me get to the end because the last book I'm still in the acknowledgments here. That Christmas book was good. Okay, here you go. Okay, here I go. I don't want to review anything. I just want to go to my library. Come on, let me out. Let me out. One minute left. Well, I don't care. Just go. Okay, five. Okay, go. Just just go. Just come on. See if I can get in this way. Get me in the library. Give me a second. I can tell I haven't done this in a while, and I apologize. So let me do this. There's a way to get in the library from here. I don't know how to get in. Okay, It's not let me do it. Okay, okay, come on. Let me out. Okay, there we go. All right, guys, so here we go. We're going to read about someday when I find it. No, we don't want that one. Where is it? There's no way to search. Search Kindle, Salem. Let me look through this. Sorry about this. I should have been better prepared, but I was working today, too, doing stuff. Where is Ah, here we go. So we're 21% in the Salem Witch Trials. So let me open it up. So here we go. Okay. Okay, so I'm hoping I'm on a real page. What I'm going to do is I want to start at a paragraph where we can start because none of us really know where we were at anyway. So let me get into a spot where I can start. Well, I guess, okay, let me go back to where that was. I must have stopped midway last time I did this from the looks of things. Sorry, guys, we're getting there. Should have been more prepared. It's what happens. Okay. Okay, so here we go. And uh, Salem Witch Trials. I hope that whoever else was on there didn't disappear because I was blowing this out. Okay, guys, if you like what you hear, tap that screen, tap that screen, show me some love. Same thing over on Facebook and YouTube, and please uh, help, you know, please help me out. Help me celebrate my birthday with with some groundhogs. The porters and Daniel Andrews did not attend the Salem, Village, the Salem Village Church; they were Salem Town members. Those same members who had supported the anti-Paris movement. Okay, Rebecca was a member of the Salem Town Church as well but attended the much closer meeting house in the village. It may have been for that reason, let me check my time, okay. It may have been for that reason the party came to see her. Francis Nurse was no doubt known to them as a devout yeoman, and for his work in the church or in the court system. But it was another reason that brought Porter and Andrews to Rebecca's bedside. For it was not just a visit of solicitation. They had come with some grievous news. News that was a direct result of Van Putnam Jr.'s accusations against Rebecca. Porter, who had thus far kept his nose out of the growing village chaos, may have seen this blatant attack of a pillar of the church and community as too much. The Putnam's were the Porter's enemies for two generations now. Was it just Israel's concern for the women that brought him there that day, or a perceived advantage that might drive a wedge between the Reverend Samuel Parris' supporters? Little did the small company of people standing within Rebecca's bedchamber know that the audacious claims of Ann Putnam Sr., were just revving up. The following day, Wednesday, March 23rd, the Odette lost and witnessed her in the throes of an attack by the specter of Rebecca Nurse. They were in a battle over scriptural references with Anne screaming out, Good wife, Nurse, be gone, be gone, be gone. Are you not ashamed? What hurt I ever do you in my life? Your name is just put out of God's book, and it shall never be put into God's book again. As Lawson scribbled down the notes of the attack, Anne took the chance to portray herself clothed with the white robes of Christ's righteousness, and therefore Nurse's specter could not hurt her, even though she at one point became as stiff as a board, and her husband Thomas could not bend her as he tried to pull her to his lap. Was Anne Putnam Sr. taking her revenge upon a matron who symbolized all she was not, surrounded by living children? Or did it have to do with the? With the nurse's meteoric rise to wealth, had Thomas Putnam coveted the farmland rented out to the nurses? One of Rebecca Nurse's sons-in-law was Thomas Preston. He was one of the men who had sworn out the original complaint against the Tuba Indian. Rebecca was, no doubt, well informed of the parish household's afflictions. It was it was to that topic that she opened the conversation with her welcome company. "I go to God for them," she said meekly. Referring to Abigail Williams and Betty Paris, But I am troubled. Oh, I am troubled at some of their crying out. Some of the persons they have spoken of are, as I believe, as innocent as I am. This statement may have caused a small group of visitors to pause, for it was for that reason that they had traveled there along the Ipswich Road. Rebecca was ill with a stomach complaint, and may have looked particularly ashen and weak. How were they to tell her of the accusations against her spreading like wildfire through the village? Finally, as soft as they could, they told the frail, bedridden woman that Anne Putnam had cried out against her, and now many others were naming her as their tormentor. Putnam had even accused Rebecca of pressing her to sign the devil's book in the presence of Reverend Diodit Lawson. One can only imagine the astonishment felt by this pious woman. Perhaps it was a trick of her hearing loss. Surely they could not have just spoken with such incredible words. But as she looked at their pained and stoic faces, the reality of it bore down upon her. After several moments, she said in a voice so hushed that it was almost inaudible. Well, if it be so, the will of the Lord be done, she whispered. But as the importance of the accusation hit home, fear gripped the frail woman. As to this thing, I am innocent as the child of the unborn, she pleaded. But surely, what sin hath God found in me unrepented of that? he could lay down such an affliction on me in my old age. The Porters came away determined to make a record of their conversation and observations during Rebecca Nurse's visit. Elizabeth Porter was Judge Judge John Hawthorne's sister. Surely her testimony of the righteousness of this woman would carry some weight with her brother. Daniel Andrews and Peter Cloyce would witness the document. It took only one day for the warrant for Rebecca Nurse's arrest to be drawn up. If you like what you hear, Tap that screen, tap that screen, and please help me celebrate my birthday with some groundhogs. March 23rd, 1692. The Marshal of Essex, or his deputy, there being complaint this day made before us by Edward Putnam and Jonathan Putnam, Yeoman, both of Salem Village, again, oh, against, I told you, Rebecca Nurse, the wife of Frank's nurse of Salem Village, for vehement suspicion of having committed sundry acts of witchcraft, and thereby having done much hurt and injury to the bodies of Anne Putnam, the wife of Thomas Putnam of Salem Village, Anna Putnam, the daughter of said Thomas Putnam, and Abigail Williams and C. Don't know what that is. You are therefore, in their majesty's names, hereby required to apprehend and bring before us Rebecca Nurse, the wife of Francis Nurse of Salem Village, to mor- tomorrow about 8 o'clock in the and the forenoon of the house of Lieutenant Nathaniel Ingersoll in Salem Village, in order for her examination relating to the above premises and hereof you are not to fail. Salem, March the 23rd, 1691 two, per US, for us, John Hawthorne, assistant, Jonathan Corwin, assistants. March twenty-fourth, sixteen ninety-one-92. I have apprehended the body of Rebecca Nurse and brought her to the house. Of, Lit, Nath, of Annette Lath, in Ingersoll, where she is in custody, per George Herrick, Marshal of Essex. Wow. The following morning, Rebecca Nurse was brought to Ingersoll's tavern, only a short distance from her beloved home. She was taken into her room and stripped of her clothing. Mrs. Ingersoll and two midwives searched her body for witch's marks as the sickly woman shivered before them. One of the women announced she had found an unusual protrusion on the poor woman's genitalia. Humiliated and nauseous, Rebecca choked out that it was no more than the result of childbirth. It was noted on the record as evidence of a witch's teat. The women helped her to redress and as she was led down the street to the crowded meeting house, sorry, as she was led down the street to the crowded meeting house, all of the afflicted were there, not just those names on the arrest warrant. Sarah Bibber had also joined the ranks of the tortured. And Putnam Sr., Got to the show, got, got the show started by convulsing before the meeting began. Judge Hawthorne looked at the forlorn woman who stood before him at the bar. Unlike Martha Corey's abusive taunts, this frail elderly woman seemed confused and frightened. She had just been accused while standing naked and prodded before her neighbors of bearing a witch's mark. After, after being bedridden for almost nine days, she leaned upon the bar for support and hoped her hearing would not fail her. It was then, with a somewhat softer tone, that Hawthorne ordered the proceedings to begin. His sister, Elizabeth Porter, may have pleaded with him in Rebecca's favor. Reverend John Hale from Beverly gave the opening prayer, while Samuel Paris scribbled away. Jonathan Corwin sat at Hawthorne's elbow, and once again was happy to let the more boisterous man handle the circus. Marshal George Herrick led the prisoner in supporting her as she took each unsteady step the girls immediately began to moan as she made her way to the front of the room rebecca nurse okay here we go the examination of rebecca nurse at salem village march 24th 1692 again if you like what you if you like what you see in here keep hitting that screen hit that screen for me and uh, like i said help me out with my birthday i've got a goal of 20 groundhogs so help me out with my birthday my birthday is february 2nd groundhog day Keep hitting that screen. Mr. Hawthorne, what Mister Hawthorne? What do you say? Speaking to one afflicted. Have you seen this woman hurt you? Yes. She beat me this morning. H. Abigail. Have you been hurt by this woman? Abigail. Yes. Ann Putnam in a grievous fit cried out that she hurt her. H. Goody nurse. Here are two. Ann. Putman, the child, and Abigail Williams complains if you're hurting them. What do you say to this? N. I can, I can say before eternal father that I am innocent, and God will clear my innocency. H. Here is never a one in the assembly, but desires it. But if you be guilty, pray God discover you. Then Hen. Then Hen. Okay. Kenny rose up to speak. H. Goodman. I think it's Goodman. Kenny, what do you say? Then he entered his complaint, and father said that since this nurse came into the house, he was seized twice with an amazed condition. H. Here are not only these, but here is the wife of Mr. Thomas Putman, I think it's Thomas, who accuses you by credible information, and that both of tempting her to, to iniquity, and of greatly hurting her, and I am innocent, and clear, and have not been able to get out the doors these eight or nine days. H Mr Putnam Mr Putman Give in what you have to say. Then Mr Edward Putman gave in his relate. H is this true, goody nurse? I never afflicted Okay, is this, this true? It's moving around on me. Goody nurse, I never afflicted no child, never in my life. H You see these accuse you see these accuse you. Is true? No. H are you an innocent person relating to this witchcraft? Here, though, Putman's wife cried out, And, sir, did you not bring the black man with you? Did you not bid me tempt God and die? How oft have you eaten drink, eaten, drunk your own Damian? Uh-huh. H. What do you say to them? N. O oh, Lord, help me, and spread out her hands, and the, and the afflicted were grievously vexed. H. Do you not see what a solemn condition these are in? When your hands are loose, the persons are afflicted. Then Mary Walcott, with an asterisk, who knows, who often heretofore said she had seen her, but never could say or did say that she either bit or pinched her or hurt her. And also Elizabeth Hubbard, under the like circumstances, both openly accused her of hurting them. H. Here are these two grown persons now accuse you. What say you? Do not see these afflicted persons and hear them accuse you? Nurse. The Lord knows I have not hurt them. I am an innocent person. H. It is very awful to old to see these agonies, and you, an old professor, thus charged with contracting with the devil by the effects of it, and yet you see you stand with dry eyes when there are so many wet. Nurse. You do not know my heart. H. You would do well if you are guilty to confess and give glory to God. Nurse. I am as clear as the child unborn. H. What uncertainty there may be in in apparitions I know not. Yet this with me strikes hard upon you that you are at this very present charged with familiar spirits. This is your body this is your bodily person they speak to. They say now they see these familiar spirits come to your body. Spirits come to your bodily person. Now what do you say to that, nurse? I have none, sir. H. If you have confessed and give glory to God, I pray God clear you if you be innocent. And if you are guilty, discover you, and therefore give me an upright answer. Have you any familiarity with these spirits? Nurse, no, I have none, but with God alone. Nurse, how come you sick? For there is an odd discourse of that in the mouths of many. I am sick at my stomach. H. Have you no wounds? N. I have none, but old age. H. You do not know whether you are guilty and have familiarity with the devil, And now, when you are here, present to see such a thing as these testify, a black man whispering in your ear and birds about you, what do you say to it? Nurse, it is all false. I am clear. H, possibly possibly you may apprehend you are no witch. But have you not been led aside by temptations that way? N, I have not. H, what a sad thing it is that a church member here and now, another of Salem, should be thus accused and charged. Mrs. Pope fell into a grievous fit, and cried out a sad thing, sure enough. And then many more fell into fell into fits. H Tell us, have not you had visible appearances more than what is common in nature? N I have no nor nor ever had in my life. H do you think these suffer voluntary or involuntary? And I cannot tell. H. That is strange. Every everyone can judge. And I must be silent. H. They accuse you of hurting them, and if you think it is, if you think it is not unwillingly but by design, you must look upon them as murderers. And I cannot tell what to think of it. Afterwards, when this was some, afterwards when this was some, insisted on. She said, "I do not think so." She did not understand all right what was said. H. Well, then give an answer now. Do you think these suffer against their wills or not? And I do not think these suffer against their wills h why do you never visit these afflicted persons and because i was afraid i should have fits too note upon the motion of her body fit body had fits followed upon complaints abundantly and very frequently age it is not an unaccountable case that when you are examined these persons are afflicted N, I have got no body to to look to but god again Sitting, again, stirring upon her hands, the afflicted persons were seized with violent fits of torture. H. Do you believe these afflicted persons are bewitched? H. I do not, oh, and I do not think they are. H. When this witch, (laughs) that's crazy. When this witchcraft came upon the stage, there was no suspicion of Tituba, Mr. Paris' Indian woman. She professed. Much love to that child, Betty Paris, but it was her apparition that did the mischief. and why should not you also be guilty for your apparition Doth hurt also and would you have me belly myself? She held her neck on one side and accordingly so were the afflicted taken. Then authority requiring it, Sam Paris read what he had in characters taken from Mr. Thomas P- P- Mr. Thomas Putman Putman's wife in her fits, age. What do you think of this, nurse? I cannot help it. The devil may appear in my shape. Reverse. This is a true account of the sum of her examination, but by the reason of great noises by the afflicted, many speakers and many things are pretty, uh, yeah, are, are, are pretermitted Nurse held her neck on one side, and Elise Hubbard, one of the sufferers, had her neck set in that position, whereupon another patient, Abigail Williams, cried out, set up Goody Nurse's head. Okay, cried out, set up nerdy nurse, ner- ner- ger- n- uh, set out, sorry guys, <laughs> set out, set, set up Betty nurse's head, the maid's neck will be broke. And when some set up nurse's head, Aaron Way, Aaron Way observed that Betty Hubbard's was immediately righted. Salem Village, March 24th, 1691 or two. The Reverend Mr. Samuel Parris being desired to take in writing the examination of Rebecca nurse, hath returned. Hath returned it as aforesaid, as aforesaid upon hearing the the aforesaid and seeing what we then see together. Hang on a second. With the charge of the persons then present, we committed Rebecca Nurse, the wife of Francis Nurse of Salem, unto their majesty's goal, Salem, as per a minimus, then given out in order to farther examination. John Hawthorne, assist Jonathan Corwin, assist. The porters Daniel Andrews, Peter Cloyce, presented the, their petition in Rebecca's favor that same day, which shows the speed of which they gathered thirty-nine signatures from those opposed to her arrest. Mister Cloyce would come to see his own wife Sarah, Rebecca's sister, also accused of witchcraft in the coming days. Crazy, huh? That's why it's hard, it's hard to read this, but it's it's, it's you know it's a cool book because it's talking about the Salem witch you know. The Salem witch trials and what happened. So it's you know it's called the history and haunting of Salem, the witch trials. Okay, if you like what you hear over there on TikTok, please tap the screen. Please tap the screen, and I am going for a goal of twenty groundhogs. My birthday is February second, and I'd like to see if I can reach my goal. That'd be kind of cool if you guys could help me out. You guys over there at, at all all the other places that are listening in, please be free to li- like and share this if you if you like it, and uh, if you haven't done so already, subscribe and follow. Same thing at TikTok. Statement of Israel Porter, Elizabeth Porter, Daniel Andrew, Peter Cloyce for Rebecca Nurse. March 24th, 1692. We whose names are underwritten, being desired to go to Goodman Nurse, his house to speak with his wife, and to tell her that several of the afflicted persons mentioned her. And accordingly we went and found her in a weak and low condition in body, as she told us, and had been sick almost a week. And we asked how it was otherwise with her and she said she she blessed god for it she had more of his presence in this sickness than someone she have had but not so much as she desired but she would the but she would with the apostle press forward But she would with the apostle press forward to the mark and many other places of scripture to the like purpose and then of her own accord she began to speak of the affliction that was amongst them and in particular of Mister. Paris, his family, and how she was grieved for them, though she had not been to see them. By reason of fits, by reason of fits that she formerly used to have for people, said it was awful to behold, but she pitied them with all her heart, and went to God for them. But she said she heard that there was persons spoke of, of that were innocent as she was. Of that he should lay such an affliction upon me in my old age and according to our best observation we could not discern that she knew what we came for before we touched her before we told her israel porter elizabeth porter to the substance of what is above if we called thereto are ready to testify on oath daniel andrew peter cloys something we see here in hawthorne's question of Rebecca is the offering of a loop, hang on, hang on, hang on a second, what happened? Andrew and Peter Cloyce. Now we go to something we see here in Hawthorne's question questioning of Rebecca is the offering of a loophole for her. For the first time he basically says, Well perhaps you are not a witch. Maybe you were tempted to do something. He reminds her more than once that it is a sad thing for a church woman to be so accused, and reminds her that another, Martha Corey, is even now in jail. Mrs. Pope, at this accusation, screams out, a sad thing indeed. The usual black man and birds are offered up from the same chorus of voices. Mary Walcott had cried out that Rebecca had bitten her and raised her arm to show the fl- the fresh bite marks. At one point, Theodette Lawson had to leave, possibly to prepare his next sermon. He was no doubt relieved to step from the crowded meeting house into the reasoning light of day. Little did he know the afflicted had just accused Rebecca Nurse's shape of riding astride a horse, behind the devil around the meeting house. Lawson was a short distance away when the roar of shrieking girls was so loud, he paused and looked back at the building in horror. Mrs. Putnam had to be carried by her husband from the church after she became paralyzed. Once outside the doorway, she regained regained control of her body. The noise had been so loud that at times Reverend Parris could not hear well enough to transcribe all the testimony. As for poor Rebecca Nurse, the, ones, the 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 one sentence that may have filtered through the, her deafened ears the one sentence that may have filtered through her deafened ears was a magistrate's reprimand they accuse you of hurting them and if you think it is not unwillingly but by design you must look upon them as murderers Hawthorne had played a two-handed bid for a confession firstly it was a manipulation to make the old woman feel ashamed for denouncing the children's claims against her why did she think those innocents were murderers? For their accusations, if, if found warranted, would result in the death of those they named. Would she, a woman, who had enjoyed a long life, already deny them theirs by basically accusing them of being capable of murdering the accused people with their testimony, testimonies of torture? And even more poignant, by using the word murderer, he was reminding Rebecca that she faced a hanging charge if she did not confess and repent as Tutuba had done. It was with this admonition that the poor woman was hauled away to Salem jail to join Martha Corey, another gospel woman of the Puritan faith. A waning moon that had been full only two days before shone down on Salem village. Rebecca Nurse had been introduced to her new quarters, gone were the fresh linens and plump pillows her family had provided for her. Bread and water were now her fare until her family brought her fresh food from home. Her fellow inmates snored and wheezed their way through the long night. It happened so fast. Pray God it would end as quickly. And though and through his grace, let more let no more be accused. Chapter thirteen. The youngest witch of all. Again, if you guys like what you hear, please hit that like button, please hit that share button, you know, share it with your friends, share it with people you know. Uh, please be sure to uh, um, <laughs> to follow me, keep following me, you know, follow me and subscribe. You guys over here as well, over at uh, TikTok, please hit that screen. If, if you like what you hear, tap that screen and help me out. My birthday is February 2nd, so I have set a groundhog goal. Hel- help me out with some groundhogs. The youngest witch. Dorcas Good, Sarah Good's young daughter who had walked the streets with her mother begging food and lodging, was arrested along with Rebecca Nurse, March 23, 1692, and brought to Ingersoll's. Ordinarily on the 24th, or ordinary on the 24th, she sat in the tavern and could hear the screams coming from the meeting house during Rebecca Nurse's examination. The child was only four or five years of age. Did she comprehend what was happening? Her mother had been gone for three weeks, leaving her with a less than enthusiastic father. To the Ingersolls, who had been reluctant witnesses, to the witch area. What did they feel as they watched the dirty and hungry little girl huddled near the door? Deputy Samuel Braybook standing guard over her? March twenty-third, sixteen ninety-two. To the Marshal of Essex or his department, you are in their ma- you are in their Majesty's names, hereby required to bring before us Dorcas Good, the daughter of W.M. Good of Salem Village, tomorrow morning, upon suspicion of acts of witchcraft by her committed, according to complaints made against her by Edward Putnam and Jonah Putnam of Salem Village, and here of fail, not dated Salem, March 23rd, 1691-2. Per us, John Hawthorne, assists Jonathan Corwin, assist. March 23rd, 1691-2. I am to do- appoint Mr. Samuel Braddock, To be my lawful deputy to serve this summons and to make a true return, per George Herrick, Marshall of Essex. Reverse, March 24th, 1691 I have taken the body of Dorcas Good and brought her to the house of of Lieutenant Nathan Ingersoll, and is in custody there. Samuel Braybuck, Marshall's deputy, Essex County Court Archives, Salem Witchcraft, Volume 1, Number 61. Examination of Dorothy Good, as told by Deodette Lawson. March 24th, 1692. Now, they're examining a four or five-year-old little girl for witchcraft. Keep tapping that screen. Please keep tapping that screen. Show me some love if you like what you hear. Keep tapping that screen and help me out with my groundhogs. The magistrates and ministers all did inform me also did inform me that they apprehended a child of Sarah G and examined it being between four and five years of age. And as to matter of fact, they did unanimously affirm that when this child did but cast its eye upon the afflicted persons, they were tormented and they held her head. And yet so many as her eye could fix upon her afflicted were afflicted, which they did several times make careful observation of. The afflicted complained they had often been bitten by this child and produced the marks of a small set of teeth. Accordingly, this was also committed to Salem Prison. The child looked hale and well as other children. I saw it at, the, at Leavitt, at Leavitt Ingersoll's. After the commitment of <sighs> a good, good wife, Rebecca Nurse, got it. Though, Putman's wife was much better. And had no violent fits at all from the twenty-fourth of March to the 5th of April. Some others also said that they had not seen her so frequently appear to them to hurt them. Notes Goodwill N is Rebecca's nurse. Notes good notes, Goodwin, and is Rebecca's nurse. The examined child is Dorothy Good. Jodell Lawson. A brief and true narrative of some remarkable passages relating to sundry persons afflicted by witchcraft at Salem Village, which happened from the nineteenth of March. To the 5th of April, 1692. Boston, Benjamin Harris, 1692. The examination at poor Dorcas had gone on like the others. Declarations of pinching, choking, and biting. The small teeth marks were to prove they came from a smaller mouth than the older accusers could have have produced. How easy was it to secret one's hands beneath beneath an apron and press the smallest fingernail into the skin repeatedly in crescent shapes? Mercy Lewis, Ann Putnam, Jr., and Mary Walcott gave written dep- depositions to the magistrates, listing their afflictions at the hand of the youngest witch of all. Little Dorcas joined Martha Corey and Rebecca Nurse in Salem, in Salem Town's wooden jail, while her mother, Sarah Good, still sat with the in Boston Stone Prison. She would be reunited with her mother on April 12th, but not until the others shared the cart ride and ferry to Massachusetts Capitol. Mention was made that Dorcas was questioned by Magistrate John Hawthorne and Jonathan Corwin, along with Deoday Lawson and Salem Minister John Higginson, at the home of the prison keeper, William Downton. And maybe the child was given special consideration due to her age and kept at the house until her proper trial was arranged, or she was brought there out of earshot and influence of the other jail inmates. The child unwittingly played along with the questions presented to her. She announced she had a little snake that sucked on her hand. She was asked to indicate where, and she pointed to a red mark the size of a flea bite on her forefinger, just below the joint. To make matters worse, when she was asked if the black man gave her the snake, the little girl cried, Oh no, my mother did. It was easy to convince the members of the Massachusetts Bay Colony that witchcraft ran in the family. That compass would point toward other family members of the accused in the days to come. For now, unsuspecting little Dorcas Good, had just helped to put a noose around her mother's neck. The next arrest warrant on the suspicion of witchcraft wouldn't come until April 8th. Despite the lull, apparently the devil's chess game took no such vacation. Complaints of spectral attacks, including those already imprisoned, swarmed about the 550 Salem village inhabitants like angry bees. Witnesses dashed from one house to another to to witness and document the plethora of curses befalling the band of victims. Even little Betty Parrish, sequestered at her relative Stephen Sewell's home in Salem Town, was not freed from the bedlam. Betty's tortures were extreme. Her description of her torments is interesting. If you listen closely, you will hear Tutuba's descriptions at at her examination, an examination for which Betty was present. Mrs. Sewell asked the afflicted girl, what specter was tormenting her? Betty replied, a man's dark shape came to her promising her gifts and a trip to a golden city if she would sign his book and obey him. Tatuba had spoken of a black man who offered her pretty things and trips to cities if she would sign his book. Perhaps Betty's guilt-written mind was reliving her friend's testimony, or Betty quite possibly believed Tatuba's visions and feared the man was after her as well. Reverend John Hale visited Betty at the Seawall home. He had been one of the first to witness her ailments at, at the parsonage in February. Mrs. Sewell had tried to alleviate Betty's nightmares by telling her the man was the devil and a liar from the beginning. She told Betty to bid him go back to where he came from and leave her alone. Reverend Hale recorded that this abdermission of Mrs. Sewell's had helped ease Betty's torments. He spoke at length with the girl and she confessed to him about the conjuring she had participated in at at the parsonage. She admitted to using eggs in a glass of water. After her confession of it, and manifestation of of repentance for it, and our prayers to God for her, she was speedily released from those bounds of Satan, Hale wrote in his notes. What concerned Reverend Hale was the ignorance of what these little forays into magic could do. It is similar to the wanton use of Ouija boards today, seeing it only as a parlor game. Repeatedly, the use of these boards has been warned against as a portal for inviting evil spirits into the home. Hale feared that by using sorcery such as fortune-telling, the girls were, in effect, acting as witches. He backed off from proclaiming them so by adding the caveat that they were not witches yet, because such persons act ignorantly, not considering they hereby go to the devil. He did warn that the afflicted parties are in their fits tempted to be witches. Many witch trial scholars over the years have wondered why the accusers weren't. In fact, first looked upon as witches themselves, it was a fine line between afflicted to afflicter. The magistrates, constables, village adults, and visiting dignitaries were willing to hear these young women, along with a few matrons, and listen with, with, sorry, and listen to their claims. One has to wonder were the trial were the trials serving more than just as a means to rid the village and surrounding towns of witches. Were they a threshing floor for unwanted inhabitants in revenge for petty grievances? Geodat Lawson tries to stem the tide. If you like what you hear, please hit that like button and that follow button. If you like what you hear over on TikTok, please tap the screen. Please tap the screen and help me out. My birthday's February 2nd, and I'm trying to collect some groundhogs. Once Rebecca Nurse and Dorcas Good, had been taken away to jail, the meeting house returned to a more sanctimonious function. Based on the nature of some of the members filling the pews, it was Thursday and Salem Villages turned to host a weekly lecture. The room was packed as many people from surrounding towns who had just witnessed the examinations of Goody Nurse and Dorcas Good remained. Ingersoll's cash box overflowed as trial attendees walked the several yards from the meeting house to his front door. Now, the throngs reclaimed their seats or pressed into standing positions against the walls. This would be a sermon they needed to hear. Were they doomed? Was this the witch hunt at at an end? For those who had listened to to the accused women's testimonies, one thing was clear. The tall black man mentioned by the afflicted and witches alike had not been brought to the bar. It had only been women and a small female child dragged before the magistrates. In their gut, they knew this was not over. It may have been a rattled Theodette Lawson who took the steps up to the pulpit. He was, he, he was the invited minister for the sermon. After what he had witnessed only hours before in this very room, how did he now speak to these people who were so eagerly looking for him for guidance and explanations? He decided to hit it head on. He named his text Zechariah 3.32 and began And the Lord said unto Satan, the Lord rebuke thee, O Satan! Even the Lord that hath chosen Jerusalem rebuke thee. Is this not a brand plucked from the fire? The brand plucked from the burning was a reminder that repentance and good deeds could save a soul. Jerusalem also referenced the word Salem and alluded to the city being the first among the cities forged from the wilderness. His next warning was meant to hit a little closer to home for the afflicted, sitting with rapt attention in the meeting for once. Quiet. They had captured two more apprentices of the devil earlier and were appeased for a time. Lawson looked out into the congregation and said the devil had the power to do many things from physical ailments to mental contortions. He could raise mists of darkness and ignorance in the understanding. He said pointedly, along with false representations to the eyes. If the girls twitched uncomfortably in their seats at the words false representations. His next statement, unfortunately, offered confirmation of their alleged afflictions. giving credibility to the spectral evidence that far outweighed any forensic proof of witchcraft, he said, the afflicted might fall victim by allowing Satan to use their bodies and minds, shapes, and representations to affright and afflict others at his pleasure. While his point was that Satan could misrepresent individuals by appearing in their likeness and doing harm, The fevered minds of those that had just witnessed the the examinations and outpouring of pain from the victims heard only that specters could visit and hurt. He pressed his point by referencing Martha Corey and Rebecca Nurse. Church covenanted women as Satan's ploy to divide the church. Lawson warned these women had not yet been given a legal trial and had had not been proven guilty. To assume they were would be a matter of deep humiliation. To such as are innocent, then, using the Puritan whip so long employed by the ministers, he admonished the people before him to look to themselves first to see if they were without blemish, or had even unknowingly brought the devil's afflictions upon the community, as others had known of the village, their invert their sorry inveterate anger. And ill will makes way for the devil. Give no place to the devil by rash sen- by by rash censuring of others without sufficient grounds or falsely accusing it willingly. Here was the reprimand that should have gotten the girls. Here, I'm sorry. Here is the reprimand that sh- that should have given the girls and Putman senior, Bashua Pope, John Indian, and the Putnam men pause. Jodet Lawson has just pointed out. That by accusing falsely, you were opening yourself to the devil. This was against God's laws. Without preamble, he took on the means used by the girls that many believe started the whole thing. He warned that the use of egg and water, Bible and key, shears and sieve, and burning of hair, or the use of urine as in siblings witch cake, were trifling with white magic and inviting Satan into their homes and hearts. Impassioned by his need to get his message across to the congregation, he yelled, Arm, 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 against Satan's army. Let us admit no parley, give no quarter. Prayer is the most proper and potent antidote against the old serpent's venomous operations. Pray, pray, pray. Each person was to look to themselves and put on the whole armor of God. He finished on a hopeful note, reminding the villagers that God had already defeated Satan. All Satan's strugglings now are of a conquered army. Those words may have held little comfort for the four women held in jails with the threat of a noose waiting for them. And as for Lawson's basic warning, that in effect was a nod to Jesus' words, Those among you who are without sin cast the first stone. The afflicted not only refused to lay down their stones, they suffered more slights from the invisible world that very evening. John Proctor rode his horse north from his farm toward the village proper. He passed Felton's Hill, Sarah Phillips' home, and crossed the wooden bridge spanning Endicott River. He was in a black mood. He was on his way to fetch back his absent maid, Mary Warren, who had appeared as a witness the day before and stayed over at the village. He stopped into Walter Phillips' tavern, where he vented his disapproval of the whole witchcraft affair, to Samuel Sibley and possibly others overhearing his heated remarks. He told Sibley he would rather have given up forty pence than let his jade attend the exams in the first place. He said of the afflicted girls, they should all be at the whipping post, and as for the rest, he yelled, hang them, hang them, hang them all. Whether Proctor was speaking of the accusers that he was sure were faking their miseries, or the witches already accused is not clear. But his words, hang them all, would come back to haunt him and to his wife, Elizabeth Proctor. For on March 26th, only two days after Diodat Lawson's poignant sermon, the specter of Elizabeth Proctor and Martha Corey once again attacked Mercy Lewis. More damning yet to the Proctors, John's words had been spewed in the ears of Samuel Sibley, who was none other than Mary Walcott's uncle. He was also the husband of Mary Sibley, who had helped in the making of the witch cake. If John Proctor didn't fear the power of the young women fueling the witch hunt, he soon would. Chapter 14. Elizabeth Proctor come forth. Again, if you guys like what you hear, hit that like button over on Facebook and Twitter and you know wherever else you're watching from YouTube. Over there on TikTok, if you like what you hear, tap that keep tapping that screen for me. And again, my birthday is February 2nd, so I'm collecting groundhogs. So help me out with some groundhogs, if you would. I'd really appreciate it. Although incarcerated, the specters of Rebecca Nurse and Dorcas Good continued to prey upon the afflicted girls. Anne Putnam Jr., never calm for long, accused Rebecca Nurse of whipping her with a chain. Her uncle, Edward Putnam, claimed to have seen marks resembling chain marks upon the child's skin. Others present said they saw the marks as well, along with bite marks. As the afflictors were already in shackles within jail walls, did Ann Jr. and others continue to accuse them for good measure, or was it to remain in the limelight until new witches were named? Meanwhile, Thomas and Ann Putnam Sr. took advantage of their their maids, newest Tormentors. Mercy Lewis was suffering fits and exclaimed, There she is, an empty air. When Samuel Barton and John Houghton arrived at the Putnam home to help the young woman, Thomas and Ann Sr. told the men Mercy had accused Elizabeth Proctor during her seizures. Mercy seemed hesitant to agree with the Putnam's naming of Proctor, saying if she did say her name, it was while she was delusional. This is one of the more obvious attempts documented to show how the manipulation of the witch trials was by suggesting names to the girls. Abigail Williams was also crying out against Elizabeth Proctor, a new name that had been added to the cult of lies. As Ipswich and Andover began to suffer their own accusations of witchcraft among the townsfolk, Governor Phillips, Governor Phipps, was on his way back from England aboard the Nunsuch, carrying with him the precious cargo, or the precious charter, that had been long long awaited. If there was a need for some legal foundation for the Massachusetts Bay Colony, it was now. Four accused witches were in jail, five counting Little Dorcas Good, and reports of others were swirling about the wooden-framed houses of Salem Village. But Rebecca Nurse's kinsmen were still active in their efforts to get the elderly woman freed from jail. It may have been one of the reasons Anne Jr. and Abigail Williams continued to accuse her, accuse her shape of coming to them with ever-increasing vengeance. Rebecca's sister, Sarah Cloyce, attended the Sabbath at the Village Meeting House, March 27th. Reverend Samuel Parris had reclaimed his pulpit after the visiting the Odette Lawson had returned to Boston. Where Lawson's sermon have been one of hope and guidance in overcoming the current ills of the village. Paris took another tact. Lawson had admonished the congregation to look to themselves for the reason things have gotten out of control and to resist the urge to blame others that had not been proven guilty before a proper tribunal. Paris planted the devil firmly back in the middle of the church and agreed with Lawson that some of the church elite could indeed be among his followers. Have I not chosen you twelve, Paris intoned, and one of you is a devil? His text referred to Jesus' words concerning Judas Iscariot's betrayal of him, but to the sensitive hear, but to the sensitive hearing of some in the congregation that morning. It was too much to bear. Sarah Cloyce, Rebecca Nurse's sister, suddenly stood up and made her way to the rear of the building. As others, as others looked on with surprise, she flung open the church door and stepped out, flinging it shut behind her with a bang. The afflicted girls pounced on her dramatic exit and embellished it. They later testified that not only had she departed the church before partaking of the Lord's Supper afterwards, a communal event only those members out of the covenant could do, but that they saw her curse to the devil at the gate outside and sign his book. Paris swung at the consciousness of the attendees again, making sure his point that those awaiting trial for witchcraft were probably rightly accused. Pray we also that that not one true saint may suffer as a devil, either in name or body. The devil will represent the best saints as devils if he could, but, Paris said, driving the stake home, it is not easy to imagine that his power is out of such extent. His power is out of such extent, sorry. As many in the village had spoken out against the girls, Proctor and Martha Corey among them, Paris may have worried that if the majority of the saints felt his own daughter and niece had made up the accusations, and that the results of their words were already damning lives; it would be his head that would roll. It was one of two courses to take: either denounce the girls as frauds, or admit strongly that the devil was to blame and was inflicting church, even church co- covenant members. Those elites stayed after the lesser villagers returned. Okay, those elites stayed after the lesser villagers returned to their homes that Sabbath day, each taking the bread and wine offered to them in remembrance of Jesus' body and blood. It was at this time that Paris asked the men present to vote by a show of hands how many would accept Mary Sibley's apology for her part in creating the witch cake and possibly escalating the diabolic forces at work. The men all raised their hands in her support. The picking and choosing of who was a witch and who was not in the eyes of Salem Village is interesting. Here is a woman who instructed to tuba on the ingredients of a witch cake, acknowledging her understanding and use of magic. And yet, she is not accused of witchcraft. The girls participated in the egg and water for fortune-telling and are displayed, displaying strange maladies that could be interpreted as witchcraft possession. Yet none are arrested. Mary's sibling was Mary Walcott's aunt. Had that relationship kept her from the gallows? As the hysteria of March ushered the calendar forward, Abigail Williams saw to it that the last day of that month would not be forgotten. She claimed no less than 40 other witches could come to her her uncle's pasture behind the parsonage for their own communal communal slipper. Raw meat replaced the white white bread. Okay, yeah, okay. Raw meat replaced the white bread and a blood-red drink replaced the wine as the specters of Sarah Good and Sarah Cloy served those in attendance. Oh, good wife Cloyce, Abigail screamed. I did not think to see you here. Is this a time to receive the sacrament? You ran away on the Lord's Day and scorned to receive it in the meeting house. And is this a time to receive it? I wonder at you. The audaciousness of this 11-year-old girl is astounding. One can only imagine the shock and rage of Reverend Paris. His sermon only four days prior had been a cloak ploy to distance himself from the fact that the devil had chosen his house, to begin his campaign of evil. Even devout church members could be under Satan's attack. He had preached. But his niece, Abigail, had just put him right back in the thick of things by declaring the devil was hosting his communal feast within the power boundaries. How could one look at Abigail's vision of this heinous sacrament and not feel she was trying to hurt her uncle in some way? Was it because Betty had been a golden child and not an orphan like herself? Betty had been sent away for protection while she herself was left to deal with witches attacking her in return. For whatever reason, Abigail was out to hurt as many people as possible. She threw on Rebecca Nurse's spectral torture at the same time Sarah Good and Sarah Cloyce were pouring the devil's wine. As for Reverend Paris, his moving sermon had done nothing to turn the hearts of the villagers toward him. His salary once again went unpaid. Okay, guys, I want to stop there since we're starting a new section. That way we have a place to start where we didn't have a place to start when we started. Thank you all for coming today. It is a tongue twister for me to read this book but it's, it's a good book actually when you get into it. But it is a tongue twister. Uh, thank you all and tomorrow we're going to be on the air. It's a, it's a holiday or it's in, the United States, in California or in the United States. It's Martin Luther King Jr.'s birthday. So I know you all are off. So I have an 11 a.m. Pacific show tomorrow. And I'm going to be interviewing Ruth Wilde. And Ruth Wilde is over in England. And she has written a book about a roadmap to the ghosts of Great Britain. So it's kind of cool. And we could talk about some of the ghosts. I've been to England a couple of times. And uh, I, well, I've been to England, yeah. You know, and and I've, I've actually gone to like, some haunted castles and stuff. So I'm excited to talk with her about this. And there's, you know, just as you know, from watching the tv shows and stuff there's a lot of paranormal activity over there so we're going to be talking to her about her book and the ghosts of great britain and the british isles i want to thank everybody for coming today i really appreciate it again if you're watching from facebook and uh, you like what you saw please share it and please hit that like button and uh if you haven't already please follow me or follow our california haunts ghostly events page that would be great if you're watching from YouTube, so it's going make get my finger pointed. You know, okay, there you go. Right there. It's that little ghost with the magnifying glass. He is our mascot. And he you click on that and you can subscribe to our more than 480 videos that are sitting over there. And, uh, yeah. And uh, I think there's something that you'll like. Now I'm going to direct over here to TikTok. It's kind of fun to go I think, these three places, right? Uh, TikTok, if you like what you see, I, I hope you I hope you were tapping away because I'm looking, you know, just to build this thing up, and I'd appreciate if you shared it with others. And like I said, I don't always read books. I also have regular shows, but uh, unfortunately, the technology won't allow me to have my regular show guests on TikTok. So the only way to see those shows is for you to visit my YouTube page at YouTube.com forward slash at with the ampersand California Haunts Radio, and we air at six. 30 p.m pacific every day unless there's a guest like ruth who lives elsewhere that has to go earlier like 11 a.m like tomorrow but uh check us out over there got lots of videos and uh anyway i hope you guys have a happy rest of your sunday um i will see you tomorrow at 11 a.m pacific so let me get this going here i'm blind as a bat and have a good evening guys